Welcome, welcome to LMB Podcast. I am so looking forward to sharing these sound bites with you today. I'm your host, Katie Mystery from Learning and Engagement. Our guest is a senior VP who not only engages his engineering brain on a daily basis, but he's also someone that can turn on the creative and communicative in his role as director of branch relations. Ron Turner shares with us the process for working with LEDS, how they provide value, and what has worked well and what has not worked well. And yes, he talks about the elephant in the room, the cost of working with LEDS professional services team. You also don't want to miss the Limbach trivia at the end of today's podcast for a chance to win some cash money to our company store. Let's get started, shall we? Welcome, Ron Turner. We're excited to have you on this podcast. Thanks, Katie. Uh, Ron, what gets you up in the morning? So I think a a lot of the big things that that get me up in the morning is knowing there's so much going on at Limbach in multiple facets, whether it's, you know, needing to follow through on engineering type work, uh, needing to help support a a branch team in, in going and securing a project, or even just following through on, you know, some of the, the, the corporate initiatives that we're doing. So there's so many different, different aspects of what I, I'm involved in that it, it's easy for me to jump up and just start working in the morning, especially working from home right now. Yeah, I was going to say, this is probably something that everyone can relate to um, with this last year of, of so much change and such busyness for those of us who are who have been working and working from home and there's so much to do, um, which definitely is motivating in the morning. But I think we should probably backtrack just a bit uh, for our listeners to provide a little more context about what it is that you and your team actually does. So can you give us an overview of uh, what Limbach Engineering and Design Services does? Uh, so on the engine, I'll start with engineering uh, since that's, that's the biggest part of my background. And on the engineering side, we do anything from if a project is being bid by a branch, we review that project and help them either look for alternative solutions to help win the job or, uh, you know, maybe advantages, uh, uh, reduced uh, pricing options, uh, whatever it's called, looking for the orange. We, uh, we help secure jobs for design assist projects, which also... Uh, uh, tends to supplement the engineering of a project, and our most passionate piece uh, on the engineering side is 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 actually designing a project, a design build project, especially for Owner Direct, where we're we know we're providing solutions right to the owner, and they 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 see what they're getting from us. That's the Limbach engineering side of LEDS. Um, you know, we're we're also uh, right up front on a project, supporting the estimating by populating the estimate. And, and helping uh, the branch to develop their FEB, uh, as well as on the, the backside of the project, uh, we, we provide the BIM support, meaning uh, the, we, we uh, populate the, uh, the collaborative model uh, for the project with all the mechanical and plumbing items so that the branch can finish off the, uh, the coordination effort with their customer. And it sounds like you are working hand in hand with the branches often every day. 
often every day and it's almost never enough. Uh, we, the, our goal is to always be embedded with the branches and doing more and more for them to help them, uh, one, secure work and uh, two, bring work in uh, at a better margin than what they may have wanted at. So, I mean, those are clear benefits, but what does that process really look like? How does how does the business unit work with you guys to do any one of those things you just mentioned? Starts usually the best bet is with a phone call and and, and or an email. Uh, you know that that's always the best way to go. Uh, whether that's to me or or anyone that uh, maybe a, a branch team is comfortable talking with at, at LEDS, but uh, if they don't know, uh, I'm the first call typically. Uh, uh, part of my role is, uh, is is branch relations, and all that means is uh, I'm just making sure the communication flows both ways constantly. Um, and and so calling me is is typically a, a good start. Uh, I always ask someone to follow up with an email because uh, there's usually content, there's usually uh-huh. drawn something that goes with the requests uh, that are that somebody may have from us. Yeah, and that makes sense. I mean, I know in, in presentations you've given in the past and, and different discussions that you and I have had, you mentioned that there is really a workflow. Like you have that initial call, that initial email, you schedule check-ins, um, you discuss the scope documents and ask, okay, at the end, have your expectations been met? We should do a lessons learned. So, I mean, it really is a beginning to end cycle that you're following. But... um. I am curious about one stage in particular of that cycle, the design process. What is, if someone brings you in at the very start and they're trying to bid a project, what does that design process look like for you guys? What information do you need? What questions do you ask of the project team? Yeah, so the more information we get uh, from outside sources, the better, the the quicker we can get off and running. Obviously, we can be the ones that go out and, and acquire that information, um, but with uh, the way the way we're spread throughout the company, that sometimes takes a little bit more time, whereas someone from the branch may already be uh, inside that customer's uh, uh, office, so to speak. And, and able to acquire a lot of that information for us. So typically, it's uh, any any you know what what what's the customer looking for? What's their ultimate goal to solve their issue? We we like to hear that first, not not the solution. Um, we we like yeah. we like the idea of the solution, but but we want to be be open uh, and because there's sometimes a better way, uh, some way of of looking at a project more holistically. And our ultimate goal is not just to hurry up and turn around that particular project, but how do we make that project a continuation of projects for that customer so we're embedded with that customer? Right. But what if you don't know or what if the project team doesn't know what the customer wants? I mean, is that is that a place where you get to come in and talk to the customer or is that just on the project team's shoulders? Yes, you're exactly right. More, mm-hmm. more than happy to do that. Um, I always like to talk directly to the customer if, if that, that works out well for the whole team and, and just hear what exactly they're saying because sometimes what we may be hearing from the construction side is not what we're hearing on the engineering side and vice versa. So right. I think having those two conversations and hearing what they're looking for tends to uh, help us come up with a, a more holistic solution, like I said earlier. Right, right. And that, that does make sense. Um, 
And it makes sense that the more information that you're given or, or the more places you're brought on board, you'll be able to come up with something that is what the customer actually needs. Maybe not even just what they want, but what they need now and what they need going forward. So you guys, you seem like the knowledge house of of the company. So if we ever have questions about anything, we can come to LEDS. So this is all really important for us to know as uh, branches, but we also want to know you a little bit better, Ron. So we're going to dive into one of our fun segments that we call Would You Rather. I don't know if you've ever played that game before. Um, You have uh, triplet daughters, right? I do. So I don't know if they've ever introduced you to this, but basically I'm going to give you two choices and you'll tell us your preference if you had to choose just one and and also the why behind your choice. So let's do this. Would you rather? Would you rather tell your past self one thing or be able to ask your future self one question? Tell your past self one thing. Really? Absolutely. What, what would you, I mean, do you want to share? What would you say? Oh, How far back I, in time would you go? I, I can't think of a specific item what I would say, but I can just think, you know, the things you did go through, whether it's in high school or college, and mm-hmm. give yourself some quick advice on, hey, this really doesn't matter, and this here does, um, or, or even whether it's just, uh, you know, advice on raising kids. Uh, or on how to approach something at work, uh, you know, a big. Uh, oh, yeah. So. Um, Easy for you. We thought about that before. Okay, so, but back to the meat of our discussion today. In working with you all, it sounds like there's some very distinct benefits. Um, verifying codes, that's something I've heard you say before. Adding value with holistic and future thinking, uh, managing risk providing assistance or translation to and for the owner. But but we really want to make this practical, what we're saying, um, so for, our peop- for the people who are going to potentially work with you in the future. So how are these benefits that I listed and that you touched on earlier actually realized through this process of working with LEDS? It's, it's almost inherent because, you know, as engineers, we're registered and, uh, you know, with the states we work in uh, and some of us in multiple states to adhere to the codes. I mean, and that's part of our, our code of ethics even is that to always be safe and provide safe solutions. Um, And that's why codes exist. So we need to be familiar with those at all times. So codes are typically inherent to what we do. So that's the, the, sometimes the first thing we start thinking about when, when we're approached with a, a problem or a possible solution is, is, okay, does this meet the intent of the law of that particular state? And some of the states are different. Uh, in code, we know what the minimum requirement is for any project. Um, and that's where we're gonna start. That's where we're gonna start with our solution is, one, we have to meet code because that's the law of that, that particular state. And two, what's, what does the, co- the owner particularly want? Um, are we giving them what they want or what we think they need? Um, because those are two different things. And sometimes when we start going down the path and, and it feels like we're doing the right thing of giving them what we think they need, we end up over-designing, um, putting in too much, uh, I'll call it conservative uh, solutions, 
And now, now we have a job that's going to end up being overpriced where we either one, scare the customer away or two, they go out and get a better price from somebody that's just not um, giving them near as much as, as what we were starting to provide. So, Do you have an example of that, of where you've seen that happen? Absolutely. Uh, my, uh, my background, I was 20 years uh, um, at a consulting engineering firm and it was a, a very good firm, a high-end firm. Um, and, and when you're in consulting engineering, uh, you're only, the only way to make money is off of the design services for a project. It's not, it's not so much, uh, uh, there, there's no other form of, of a profit margin. And as soon as something goes wrong in your design on a project, you've lost all profit on it. So it's gone. Mm that project is is completely destroyed in terms of profit margin. So to, to alleviate that, you build in um, conservative designs. Uh, you, you have to bump up your, your capacities of your equipment. You have to uh, uh, write a very solid specification and you're, you're writing and designing a project and writing a spec for the lowest worst bidder out there. Hmm, um, okay. I was always excited for Limbach to get projects of mine in the past because they would always do the right thing, but they weren't the typical. Um, so the differences with LEDS and with our engineering services here at, at Limbach, we're providing one, the safe approach, which is code. And two, the minimum approach for that owner. And then we start looking at the add-ons. Uh, what mm -hmm. some wants that customer has, and we start adding those in. So the great thing about uh, being at Limbach uh, when it comes to managing risk is, is one, by, by LEDS being involved, um, we're already helping manage risk that most of our competitors don't have. We, they don't have that that knowledge house or that advisory group to help keep us out of trouble and doing something that, that um, may be either wrong or won't work or won't meet code. Uh, and two is we have a great group of salespeople and operations teams that all just want to do the right thing. Mm -hmm. They're trying to get away with something. So, so everybody listens, um, including, our engineering group. We, we listen to the challenges, we listen to the issues, and we try to holistically, or as a group, we try to, to, to bring, bring up some type of solution that, that meets everyone's needs in terms of mm -hmm. work we can do, work we can get, and what the customer's looking for. It really is a collaborative effort then. You can't do it without the branches. The branches can do it without you, but I'm not to the to the level that you guys can bring that expertise and just that understanding of the equipment and the owner. That's very true. And plus, our engineers are seeing work from all of our branches. So mm -hmm. there are solutions uh, we've had to apply in different branches that we've learned uh, from 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 another branch, maybe or, or a project at that area. And it's different uh, climates too. So. Um, you know, sometimes something may work in one area that doesn't work in another. Um, and, and we're bringing that to, to, the, to the table as well. Right. So out of everything we've talked about so far, which is, you know, 
what you do on a daily basis, what LEDS does, um, how the how the business units can work with you, the design process workflow. I mean, all of these things. Do you have an example or a story where this has just worked really well, um, and we can we can see this in action, this process in action, and the value that's added to the project team, the project itself, and the owner? A really good example, and it's a project that's in construction right now. It's it was roughly a two million dollar project that was won out of Ohio, and it was owner direct design build for a hospital, and they wanted to convert all their local uh, uh, humidifiers uh, for their their uh, uh, sterilization areas and for their uh, humidifiers. They wanted to convert those to a, a steam plant. Um, the scope, the scope, what there wasn't really a big specific scope on it. So we developed the scope after the project was, was one to fit around one the budget and two what the customer wanted. Um, the big challenge with that project was where do we put this steam plant? Um, we ended up coming up with a solution where we we said let's put it let's let's build a penthouse and put it on the roof. Hmm. Um, we met with not only the sales team, but the operations team that would be building that, um, including the trades managers. And everybody was on board with this. It, it just steamrolled the idea of this plant on the roof and building a penthouse and having it, have it at all prefabbed off site uh, and shipped to the site. Um, now, again, that's, that's in construction now, so not done. But, uh, you know, that, that definitely is a project that was set up uh, for success because of the collaborative efforts between the engineering team and the, the sales and operations teams. So did that uh, realization that you should put this in a, put this on the roof, um, did that come through your discussion with the project team then and with the owner, or was that something that you guys um, decided on your own and then pitched to the owner? I got to be honest, it was actually a joke. Um, no way. <laughs> we could not find a place for to fit everything. We were having to move too much stuff around, and it was going to cost more than what we had in the budget. And I made the comment to the local sales team that, hey, why don't we just throw it on the roof and build a new penthouse? And, and they, you're laughing. You're laughing in the background. And I'm and laughing, like, and they go, that's a great idea. <laughs> and as soon as they said that, I, I kind of said, Oh, really? And we started something together that actually uh, is under, in, you know, in construction now. Wow. The power of discussion. <laughs> you make a joke and it is real life now. <laughs> You're seeing it well, being built. Yeah. And it shows the, the entrepreneurship of everyone at Limbach. Mm -hmm. Talk a little bit more about that, actually, because... That's something that we want to keep encouraging and inspiring in all of us, especially as we move towards owner direct. Um, how how does that look in your interactions with the branches, that entrepreneurship? I mean, we saw it in this example, but how else have you seen that or where else? Uh, I think a lot of the recent COVID uh, type solutions we've been talking about, I've seen multiple people in different branches um, come to me with a uh, what they they believe is a solution. We take a look at it from a technical aspect and obviously a, a code aspect, and say that's a great idea. I didn't didn't even think of it that way. So, mm. but I think everyone's trying to come up with a solution to do the right thing uh, and, and to get work. Um, and you know we're able to help them validate that, and sometimes we're able to also come up with those 
those unique solutions. Right. So it's not only the technical, but it's also the creative and how creative can you can you get to help solve some of these problems that we're seeing and that we might see in the future. And that that's a difficult, difficult thing to do. But you're right. We're seeing that more and more in our sales teams and operations teams and everybody that supports supports them. So it's encouraging. It's encouraging to hear you say that. And I hope it's encouraging for our listeners as well. Um, what are some things now that we've talked about the positive and there's definitely a lot of positive, but what are some things that have not worked well or some lessons learned in bridging the gap between your services and the branches? I mean, the biggest thing is always that we, in and we hate to talk about this, but we have to is the cost. Uh, having an engineering group comes with a cost. Uh, it comes with a cost to the company and it comes with a cost to the, to the projects uh, and, and the branches. Um, our goal is to try to do whatever we can to keep that cost as low as possible for the branch, but, but allow them to win the job and make, make you know, the profit margin they, they would expect on that type of project. Um, there's multiple things in the works right now to, to, to reduce that cost and, mm-hmm. and, and uh, to, to the branches uh, and maybe come up with other ways of paying for those costs. But that's always the biggest challenge. And at the end of the day, uh, I know what engineering firms make on jobs. I know what their margins are and I know what their fees are. And, and we are very efficient at engineering a project compared mm-hmm. to them. Um, I'm still blown away by some of the projects we work on at LEDS and the amount of time, how quickly we're able to turn them around and what we end up billing on them. And, and I'll look at that and say, in my old firm, it would have been four times that amount. And we'd have taken wow. three longer to do it. Wow. Um, so that's always the number one negative is talking about costs. Um, but it's, you know, a fact of life, you know, um, you know, that, you know, that this industry, there's not enough engineers in the world. We need, we're constantly pushing our youth all the way down to middle school to start looking for <laughs> one in the STEM programs um, and, and, and creating more engineers. Uh, so, so that's, that's always an issue that it comes back to relates to cost. Um, I'd say the other negative is, is, being on the spot, meaning not being right there available for that sales team to say, hey, Ron, or hey, you know, whoever, right. you to run out with me to this job uh, tomorrow afternoon and take a look at it. Um, you know, we're spread out in 10 different branch locations. Uh, our engineers are in four different locations uh, out of those 10 branches. And we can't be everywhere at once. And, and then it's even worse now with travel uh, because of right. So that's a, the other negative is not being able to just run out with uh, a sales team or ops team to look at a specific project or meet with a customer. And it's our, our goal to try to, to resolve that. Um, how can we be doing that? Uh, whether it's putting uh, more staff or, or different types of staff in each branch whatever that may mean, but that's all, that's another challenge for us to, that we're uh, working hard to overcome every day. And to me, it sounds like as you were talking through the workflow of how you work with a branch, I mean, those two definitely are 
big pieces of it. But what I was thinking about was communicating. I mean, you are, you guys are talking about so many different things. You're sharing so so much information with one another. How do you make sure that that stays clear and fresh and that you're on the same page? I, I think uh, the big approach we have when it comes to communicating is we is follow up. Um, it, our our main initiative in LEDs is to always always follow up from whether whether it was a phone call or even an email that that we're responding saying here's what I understood you need um, here's what I'm going to do in this amount of time and making making sure we're always setting the right expectations because that's almost every time there's a failure between the construction or, or sales and construction and design team, it's because of uh, uh, either expectations weren't set or they weren't met mm. um, and they weren't properly communicated. So communicating expectations is always key to everything we do. Uh, and I think in the, in the past few years, we've definitely improved on that and we continue to every day, but that's just a, it's a part of life is always, right. always making sure we're meeting that, that requirement. So communication always comes to set, setting expectations and, and meeting those expectations. Yeah. And like you said, following up on them and making sure that you're constantly saying the same thing and meaning the same thing. Yeah, that definitely sounds like a key to working with one another. Um, where do you see LEDs? in 10 years? I mean, do you guys look different in 10 years? Are you doing some of the same things, but with different technology? I think we're, you know, five to 10 years, we're even, we're significantly unique from anything out there uh, that we don't even have competition. Meaning uh, we have set our professional services up so that we're providing subscription services for different customers, whether they're a CM or an owner or another contractor. Uh, we're providing services uh, for owners throughout, the, for a single owner, say, say throughout the country. Um, and then we're providing uh, those same services for our own branch teams at a significantly reduced or even zero cost. Mm -hmm. uh, so that we're setting a Limbach up uh, to be the most successful uh, in the market. Um, maybe there's some intelligence type stuff coming up out there that we mm -hmm. don't know about yet that we're starting to use more. Um, you know, whatever it may be, yes, we're very different. And I think we're going to be even more diverse in the services we provide. It won't be just mechanical electrical engineering with the estimating and planning services that go with that. Right. You'll be integral to to our owner direct uh, success for sure. Time for our curveball question to close out the show. Forget about the curveball, Ricky. Give him the heater. Out of everything you mentioned today, and especially in the beginning when you were talking about what you do and what gets you up in the morning, if you could do one piece of what you do now for the rest of your career, what would what would it be? The one element of my job I enjoy the most and, and have had the most success with is um, running point on a design project that's a major, like an industrial uh, project, say like a steam plant or chiller plant. And I'm talking like the large ones that feed an entire hospital. Um, I've done multiple uh, ones of those uh, in my career. And uh, 
they've always been one, the most profitable jobs, the most exciting jobs. Uh, and they were always the most important job to that customer at that time. What makes it exciting? Well, I think for the engineer it is, is we get to tell the architect how to build the building. <laughs> yeah, that would be very exciting. rare. So, uh, so that, so whether they want to make it very, you know, foo-foo or not, either way, it's got to fit our needs. Um, mm -hmm. We're the user. Um, and I think, so I think that's one is we get to develop a layout that someone else has to come in and fit around us as an, as the, whether it's the architect or structural. Mm -hmm. So I think from, as a mechanical engineer, um, I would say the most exciting thing I've ever done and, and want to continue to stay involved in is, is, I'll call it central plant design. Ron, I want to thank you so much. These have been great answers, and I just really appreciate you taking the time to share share your thoughts and, and your experience with us today. Yeah, thank you, Katie. Ron certainly is a wealth of knowledge, and it was such a great time getting to know him a little bit more, and I hope you enjoyed it as well. It's time for our Limbach trivia. Be sure to send an email to learning at limbachinc.com with the answer. Whoever sends it first and gets it right will receive $20 to the Limbach store, which can buy you a lot. It is a one-for-one one ratio, $1 to one Limbach. So here's the question for today. What year did we go public and rebrand the company? All right. Thanks again, everybody. We hope you join us next time on the LMB podcast. Mm -hmm.